I was talking to myself right now while waiting for you. I said, like, okay, I'm going to give it five more seconds. He's, he knows the rules of Germany and Switzerland. And there you go. You're right on time. Can't believe it. How are you, Carlos? I'm fine. Very good. Very good. I was just watching a serial with my wife here, with Alexia. It's, it's fine. Thank it's you. late over there. Half and a half, yes, yes. Normally, it's, uh, at that time we are at bed, but uh, okay, we have some things, some uh, things with the states. We we can stay a little bit longer. Well, I I do appreciate it very much that you you took this time and to join me. And and again, I just want to explain what this whole conversation is. First of all, to let you know that uh, you were the one that actually inspired me to do this because you started these in Instagram. Uh, conversations with really incredible people, obviously professional handball players who have done tremendous things in, a, in their lives when it comes to handball. Uh, however, I also know that um, uh, deep down inside, you have a, a much bigger picture uh, behind these conversations uh, because handball is bigger than just a game. So first, thank you for inspiring me to take advantage of, of my time at home while we're all waiting for this to pass by. And, and secondly, uh, just to let you know and let people know that this is a conversation between two people that know each other, whether they were teammates, competitors, partners, uh, or whatnot, but we were ultimately connected because of the game of handball, which luckily for us has created this uh, bond and friendship that's going to last forever. So. Uh, straight handball talk is about is about handball with people who will always be in touch because of this game, and and obviously there's no better person to talk about this than you because to me and to many people you are you are a legend of handball. You've spent your entire uh, career, uh, young career, um, in in competing in some of the greatest handball clubs in the world and representing one of the greatest. Uh, nations in the sport of handball, Spain, and winning the bronze medal with them at one point. Uh, so people know this, but I want our audience to know how did you get involved in handball and the impact it had in your life overall. Thank you very much for having me here, Billy. First of all, it is, it's a pleasure for me also to be uh, sharing this uh, this time with you. As you say, we connected from the very beginning. We met there in New York, and I think we have a very good time so far. Still a long to do, <laughs> but uh, but it's, uh, it's it's great to be connected for because of, because of the world of humble. This is the the nice things about that. Um, I started uh, playing humble because it was uh, the first ch option in my in my school in Spain uh, when I was born. I was. Uh, was going to school and that was the first uh, the first sport there and this is why I started playing that I didn't could imagine that the, these first steps there in the playground outside raining <laughs> with here uh, that's the first thing for me it's, it's amazing because I never dreamed to be in the Olympics I never dreamed to be a professional player I never dreamed traveling the world because of humble and it's uh, fantastic because all these things came without being uh, waiting for them so I didn't expect all this kind of stuff uh, at that point now after my retirement I can look a little bit back and uh, I can see all the nice things I achieved 
in my career, not just professionally with titles and trophies, yeah. but uh, as you said before, with the people you met in this, uh, in this adventure and uh, the connection and the nice things that uh, Humboldt can bring as meeting you there in the States or meeting a lot of players that still yeah. contact with them. This is, as you say, before also the, the big picture of all of this. It's not about playing, but about the, all the things that are surrounding the game somehow. Yeah, that, that is, that's absolutely agree with you on that. But I'm sure you had other options because you are probably, I assume you're always tall. Uh, and um, when you're tall in Europe, first thing they make you do is play basketball because that's where, you know, tall people usually used to play. So how come, did you play a little bit of basketball and did you actually feel more connected to the sport of handball or there were other reasons why you didn't pursue other sports? In fact, I was, I was playing tennis uh, for many years. I was uh, playing also in the, in, the, in the region in some kind of, uh, of tournaments there. It was not bad. I was having fun. After that, I quit tennis and started with, uh, with handball and started with uh, swimming. So I was swimming also a lot, uh, also taking part in some championships. I was too close. In fact, I made the decision that was in 90, I think it was in 96, 95, before going to Barcelona. I made the decision to quit uh, with handball and just to be focused on swimming. Uh, because I remember my former uh, coach was still talking to me about the, the, the risk of playing handball because of the context and so on. It was like, if you are so big, but have a look, the injuries are very dangerous here, so it's better to be focused on, uh, on swimming. And I was too close to quit of uh, handball. And then suddenly I was in a, in a national... Uh, meeting with all the young generations there it was a performance really good during this week and then one week later i get i don't know how many offers from all uh, from <laughs> barcelona the mar leon yeah. so a lot of different teams and it was fantastic because i didn't expect to to do nothing else with humble for me it was just a hobby it was 16. Yeah. But did, I, you, did you send a, a letter to that guy to that coach of swimming say like i'm sorry I think I made the right decision. I know him, but you know the funny thing? He was my former, so before, before being my former uh, swimming uh, coach, it was my former handball coach. No way. He switched from, from handball to swimming, and then I was, uh, it was funny. I don't know, it was funny somehow. But then uh, he know me, I know him, so sometimes we meet there in my downtown. <laughs> It's still funny to to be uh, remember these uh, these stories. Yeah, that that's a good story. But I, I I'm so happy you didn't stop playing handball because in swimming you and I would have never met because I don't really swim no, that hand, much. No, no, no. I, I cannot <laughs> do my hands. It's not a it's not a chance for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously you and I know each other for a long time now. I think it's a decade. And uh, you played and were a big part of our Big Apple tournament, which happened from 2009 to 2014. Um, you celebrated New Year's Eve with us, or we celebrated New Year's Eve with you and all the greatest handball players in, in the planet. Um, our relationship from that point continued being touched uh, here and there. I know I followed your career. You moved uh, uh, 
to Wetzlar. You played with Balic for a little bit at that time. Both of you at at the little bit getting older, but you, I was watching you and it was always fun. It always felt good. Like I know this guy and he was in New York. He played with us and it just felt good to continue dreaming that, okay, so now we have these people that came to support us. Then our relationship continued. And when I asked you to join us for, for the super globe, you didn't even think twice you just said, yes, I'll come and support you, even though you just got a contract again for a, a Bundesliga team. Um, you just were all in it to continue supporting us. And I appreciate that a lot. And I, I value the commitment that you have, first of all, to handball in general and to also us, because I think you've been a big supporter of, of our club and our people in uh, every single aspect of it. So to me, I value all those moments, but if you had to pick one moment, which moment in our relationship was your favorite one? This is, this is, it's difficult to pick just one moment because I think uh, it was very few nice moments. I think the first time we met, I still remember the first time we met, it was you came with your bike and with, uh, with a jacket. It was in summertime when I was there spending some uh, some time on, on vacation, and I think it was it was on the outside of a museum. I don't remember the name of the museum, uh, but uh, that was like first time you meet someone, you go yeah. you go to have a coffee with him, yeah. and after five minutes you see, hey, we speak in the same language. Yeah. So, I mean, he came here. He is still relate with handball. He's doing. Um, uh, creating something from almost zero and he has his passion and everything and when you talk with people like this it's like you're connecting suddenly and that was one of the nicest uh, moments uh, that we spent together I think the, men, the, the time we meet for the first time then the times we met with, uh, with the uh, Apple tournament there in, the, in New York City we was all the time was fantastic and uh, I think it was uh, all our relationship was made in this small tiny moments, all the last one for so to be in part also in the, in the Super Globe is, is fantastic just to be in part with you, with a team that is built from like this, from passion. It's now people with the right skills to be playing professional, but still it's people who are able to touch, that they are able to make some kind of impact or influence because of his passion of, uh, for Humble. So it's a, it was a special moment also. When you remember when we were there, the, the bus from Barça yeah. and <laughs> it was like, hey, yeah. what's going on here? It was fantastic. I mean, yeah. it was really it was, it was unreal, surreal. And I mean, we, obviously we made history. We made history together, uh, coming from, from North America, being the first one to ever do this. But like now that you mentioned the bus, the approach, getting in that bus and having your own... Uh, um, sort of guards like the cars following us uh, it, it was really really special I mean I know our goal was to win Super Globe but we didn't unfortunately but uh, maybe you already won once so you, you cannot say that you didn't win it uh, <laughs> but um, I remember well let's talk a little bit about Super Globe in our first game and, and I remember you were taking leadership role and and after we didn't play to our best of abilities uh, our first game, even though it was the best team to play our best abilities. Um, when we lost, 
we all lost our voices. Like we all became silent. And I remember you because you've seen many games in your life and you are professional and you know, you step up, you go to another one. But I remember <laughs> you telling me like, what is this? Why, why are you guys so quiet? <laughs> why, why are you guys so quiet? Tell, tell me a little bit about that moment when you saw us uh, like dead. Yeah, first of all, uh, I have the experience with you, playing with you in the, uh, in the Big Apples tournament, but not in the same time, in the same club, in the same team. So that's the first thing. I know all of you, because of many reasons, we met sometimes there, but uh, not being part of the same team. Yes. So first of all, I was not sure how do you react, how do you, oh no, what do you do after the games? In Europe, it's different also. Put you an example. In Spain, after every game, normally the trainer, the coach is coming to the dressing room and say something. I still remember in, 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 in some other clubs, in Germany, instead, or in Denmark, for example, sometimes the game is over and it's over. I mean, you don't talk with the coach until the next day or two days later. For yeah. me, it was so strange. Sometimes yeah. when I was doing this uh, with some teams, it was like a different situation. And there it was the same. I would say, I don't know what these people are used to do after the game. But for me, it was like, okay, of course we lost. We didn't play good, of course, because we, we know our skills, we know our limitations. So I think somehow we need some time, whatever. But it was a time for celebration. Yeah. <laughs> and my point of view, it was like, we are taking part in this big official tournament. It's time to enjoy. If we are not enjoying today because we didn't play good, Tomorrow will be another different day. But the thing is, like, what is the reason that we are there? Because you guys together bring something together and did that. So that's the, the same thing. Okay, this is a different level. This is something about uh, not just playing in the States, probably the level is different. Yeah. Yeah. But the, it's the passion, it's the ability to talk with each other, to know your skills, to know your best, uh, be able to find your solution. So it's like, okay. Somehow I remember the good in a good way, but it, it was a little bit shocked because it was like so, so, so. <laughs> Yes. No, I, I, I mean, the sad part about all that is because, um, I mean, this is what experience is. And um, we have never been there as a team, as a club in a situation like that. And obviously, Al Mudar was an okay team, nothing special. Uh, we started first 10 minutes, it was okay. But then a few terrible mistakes by us and we lost that energy, that, that, that soul that usually we're used to it. And I think that just sort of cut our legs. And of course, they in that level, nobody forgives any drop balls. So uh, to me, that was the experience that I got from it. I mean, it's too, too late for me, but the young ones have to kind of feel that you have to go through these slaps in the face where you say, okay, I know what to expect next time. And for us being at that so old in a way, it just felt like, oh man, I thought we were ready for this. I mean, that was in my head. I was like, I really thought we were ready for this. Like I'm, we're old, but it doesn't matter the age. I guess the, the experience of experiencing these things uh, is, is crucial. It's different, but I mean, do you, do you know what I remember there? I, I remember I was talking with you, not at that moment, but probably after the game or in the, in the half part of the game. I remember I was talking with everybody. I remember to say, 
whatever it ha it's happening, if we're winning for five or if we lost for 20, it doesn't matter. The best thing we can do because we take part in this tournament in a totally different dimension. Yeah. We were not there for just trying to win. Yes. We were there representing club. We were representing mm -hmm. a team of people who are not professional, not practicing every day. And this is a totally different dimension. This yeah. is a signal that you guys, you, you reserve up because you made the qualification, you're going together as soon as you can there, as much time as you can practice. And this is like totally different view. So the thing is that if we are able to sing this message to the people that say, we are here, we want the position to be here, and I want just to show you that we will be fighting until the end. And we showed us. And I yep. was so very proud because anybody says, I quit. Everybody was giving everything. And that was the point. Yeah. First participation, we give everything. Everybody could have to should be proud of what they did. Yeah, I, I agree. We we stepped up after that, and again, it felt good, uh, and it felt good to have you there and and get everyone together. So that memory will never go away. So too bad this year we have. It feels like nothing is going to happen, and uh, uh, with with all the handball events. But maybe next year, you know, never too late. But so you're retired now from handball like playing handball, uh, but you're working really hard with your um, not-for-profit organization, uh, Share and Play, which supports the social, physical development of children uh, within the school systems who don't necessarily have to play at a high level to, to get the benefits of the sport like team handball. There are so many things that they can get out of it, like, the, like we're talking about the relationships, the teamwork, the responsibility, um, uh, the commitment to a shared goal, all the things that come in. But there are a lot more kids out there that are not as athletic or not as, as driven as many of us who have been, but they need to learn through sport. So what you're doing there, I think it's, it's really special. So tell me a bit about this project. I know you've had a great uh, partnership with the Bundesliga club. I know you're doing a lot of other stuff with EHF. So what are the biggest challenges for you right now, because this is a startup for you, but it's a phenomenal goal that it's, it's a goal that, that needs to be reached, but it will be reached with decades uh, moving forward. Yes, I think this, the program itself, it was created because of uh, all the experience that I took in this almost 20 years of uh, professional humble. I choose humble or Chum humble choose me. I don't know how it was. How, how we start with this relationship, but the thing is that the, as you also asked at the beginning, I, what humble give me, bring me, humble teach me everything. Sport teach me everything. So, having consideration, I left home at the age of sixteen. I I, I still out. I'm still having experience. I'm still learning. I love that. I love being learning all day long, even if I'm not playing anymore. If I'm visiting schools or clubs, I, I take life. I take this energy, this positive energy, because uh, I learn everything. I learned everything when I was in the first uh, time in the Barcelona team yeah. uh, from people who, in my born time, I was meeting with people from my age, one year older than me. But suddenly I go with a professional team and I'm still meeting and talking and being in relationship with guys 
10 years older than me, eight years older than me. Mm. So my time of, uh, let's say, uh, moderation, it was, it was full speed. So I came from the video games, playing footballing and everything with my friends to suddenly the real life. What these guys are struggling with 28 years old, 25 years old, it was a totally different world for me. So I start from the very beginning learning important things in life and trying to put in practice also this, all these lessons. Yeah. I was happy about to have all this experience and then one I retired from the professional handball. I, I wanted, first of all, to start something related with the high performance. I was preparing myself for the high performance uh, system. I was have the scientific, uh, sports scientific degree. I was studying the last 11 years to be focused on that. But suddenly I realized that I'm more relate and more touched uh, with, the social, with the social things. And it was like, I love science i love high performance but uh, i feel more close to these things more close to the kids that maybe have not the right skills or yeah. the right education or maybe they are not uh, touched because any sport and uh, i start figuring out how to help somehow at that point i was in touch with the ehf they offered me a position also to be part of the of the seminars making lectures and so and then, uh, since then, I create this program, um, the pilot program, and uh, it's fantastic. So, I mean, I, the, the thing that we do is that we inspire children to learn by playing. Yeah. But because I truly believe that the school system has to change somehow, someday. And for me, it's really important to relate some kind of subjects that we do in school with sport because it's easier for the kids not just giving them lessons but giving them an application to put in practice what they're learning and there is connections with sport not just with handball i choose handball because of my experience of my life and my career but uh, you can choose the sport you want and with our system and with, with our methodology it's easy for them to to see them that they are having fun, that they are learning a little bit more, that they are more concerned with the studies and that they are doing more physical activity. So there's like, we, you are doing everything at the same time. Yeah. And the first, the most important thing, they're having fun and they are playing together. And it's fantastic to see after the training and the sessions with them, how happy they are, how better they communicate with each other and the results are, are, are marvelous. How many, how many children do you have in your program? We teach already more than 300 children. Uh, this year we were only to, uh, working with two groups, one school with uh, 47 kids and another school with, sorry, and one, one club with around 25 kids, yeah. different ages. Uh, but was a time, uh, I think I remember two years ago, I was working like with 150 kids every yeah. week during whole year. And this is not like another nonprofit organizations that they create maybe a program and yeah. maybe they show up a couple of times per, per, per year or per month. We try to do that weekly, at least two, three times per month, if possible. And uh, this is like we want to, to reach this impact, not just giving something, but to giving a little and doing a little bit more from the very beginning. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I love what you're doing. I, I remember we, we talked in the room together and the, the concept, obviously, it's, um, it fits in a lot more in the United States, what you're doing than in Europe. I, I really believe that because we have so many non-for-profits exactly doing this through different forms or shapes. Some can be sports, some can be other arts and, and science and whatnot, but we're just trying to inspire kids to be uh, healthy and, and, and find their own way without necessarily being in competition. So what, I mean, this is a question, I don't know if I asked you this, what would, what would it take for you to, be, to move to New York or US, uh, a full-time job or something like this to be involved in a, in, in a program like this? Would you ever consider it? It's, it's difficult, my friend. So it's to make this a uh, big step is uh, is something really big. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything, and you know that uh, I can talk, be talking with you here from Germany, and maybe in five months I'm in Japan or in <laughs> Australia. So I no fear of, at all. Uh, the good thing of the program, first of all, is that it's a program that could be done in uh, everywhere. So mm -hmm. I mean, with the rules and with the methodologies, as I say, that we create, it's like a, we don't need almost anything. Even if we don't have a ball, we will yeah. be able to do something because this is a program that I want to bring to, to the States someday. Yeah. I know that uh, you're struggling with the problems to get the right card there because you don't have this handball card. It's difficult to get a, a, a place a gym to be training and to be practicing with handball, especially for you when you want yeah. to train. I know the, the strategy you're having. I want to bring the program in the future also to Africa. And maybe they don't have even a ball or a place, whatever. I don't mind. This is yeah. because that's why we create this kind of rules because I want to do that available to for everybody. Yeah. But I would love, I would love to do not maybe and probably to be there permanently, permanently, but uh, what what are you saying? You don't like New York City? I love New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I miss it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, one thing is that uh, there's a big opportunity in the States to uh, build something through handball because you need that for the Olympics. The Olympics still far away, yeah. but uh, you need to start now. I think some changes were made in the last uh, months also related to the everything related to the to the uh, grassroots related to the uh, first team where yeah. you have bring uh, some people aboard really really good people with also a lot of uh, big experience in the humble world and uh, i think as we talk sometime it's time now for the states to do one step forward to show themselves and to start from 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 zero from schools as we mention sometimes to create some kind of identity with the sport. This is the, one of the most important things. The kids to, first of all, to, under, to, to see what is humble, to understand what is humble, that they can bring some nice and good things uh, from them. And then we will have time to have a good players practicing every, every week, but this, it takes time. Yeah. But coming back to your question, I would love to be more involved for sure and to be helping to for the develop of the of the sport there in the in the city. Good, good, because we talked about it, and I definitely want want you to come here one one time or for a period of time to to do certain programs that you have. I mean, last when was it? Just recently, before this whole mess 
became a big mess. Uh, we had this partnership with uh, New York Edge together with USA Team Handball. We, we ran clinics in uh, the largest not-for-profit organization, after-school not-for-profit organization in the country. Uh, luckily, I actually, my company rebranded them at one point, and they serve 40,000 uh, kids in after-school programs. And these are kids who do not have the abilities like many other kids do in New York City where they can have private lessons and move from one place to another. These are kids that stay after school because they have no place to go and they're safe there and they, they need some programs. So we did the handball program in conjunction with New York Knicks three-on-three uh, uh, -three basketball tournament and, and camp. It was, it was fun. I mean, there's so many kids you watch and I've seen this for 13 years in my life in New York going to schools. Like the talent and the, the energy and the passion these kids show, especially in middle school, before they reach high school and everybody wants to be a, a Michael Jordan or, or something else. I mean, they have tremendous natural talent. And we have zero uh, abilities, resources to reach to these kids when it's time. When they reach high school, second year, third year, they're already doing the sports they wanted to do or they feel like they have a chance for a scholarship. We got to, when you get them in that middle school age, when they still are questioning, you give them a, a club level like us, like the friendships and the ability to travel, it would change so many families' minds because ultimately you make these kids feel good. You make these kids understand that it doesn't matter if you're going to be great or not, you have a better chance in in building your life in, in this kind of environment than just dreaming Mike, being Michael Jordan. No, nobody becomes Michael Jordan. So I think your system, your thinking is, it would be perfect for, for here, for us. So one day. I'm, I'm agree with you and that's the, that's the point. At some point you need to have, uh, you need to decide what you will see what's going on, what kind of path you take. Once they started, you see also after a few months, how big or how fast is the development of them. And then you can see these people can get something, these yeah. people cannot get something, but I don't mind. I yeah. love both the same. If you cannot get something from Hammer because you cannot be a profi or whatever, can you find your skills? Somehow you are getting something from Hammer. Hammer is giving you something different. You will yeah. be out of the streets. You will hit. You will be more opportunities to be with each other. You will be a part of a community. As you, for example, are that you are the perfect sample there in New York City in your club. That's the perfect. It's the perfect sample for me, and that's where I. I take part with you in the in the in the super global sector. I say it makes totally sense because yeah. I'm promoting something because of my program I'm promoting something. But it's like you are like ten years later. Yeah, you have this kid I'm taking that has now probably the big chances with handball. But after ten years, they somehow they figure out that okay, handball touched me something, and now I'm here because of that. And that's the point. Good jobs, all of you, good positions, traveling the world, connected with Humble somehow, having nice time every week. That's what it's all about. Not just the trophies and everything. We all forgot about all this yeah. kind of thing. But the things that remain, these are the things. If some kids have their skills, perfect. Let's work with him. Yeah. Let's see in 10 years' time where they are. But the kids that they are not, at least they get something. They are out of the school. And that's why... I agree with you, it, it, it makes sense and it, it, it could fit really good there also in the country.
Yeah. Well, we're going to do it very soon. Definitely. You're going to come here as soon as we, we, we're all clear. So just quick out of serious subjects. Like if you had to make a choice, who do you think Karabatic or Balic is the best player, better player? Wow. Uh, In their prime, always prime. Karabatic was more complex. Was most complex player. It could do everything, make the decision, the pass, shooting, defending. Uh, it was fantastic, but Balic in his prime was, it took him here, it was within two years, he was not in the prime anymore. And it was unbelievable because it's the kind of people that you know, once they are on the court, they're giving everything, but giving everything means that they're doing everything, yeah. everything. And you see that there's five speeds more than you, even if they are older yeah. than you, and he was magic with this uh, creativity. Different kind of, probably will took uh, Nikola, but uh, different kind of uh, players. Yeah. Uh, Sterbik or Omayer? Sterbik. I think uh, I think Arpad. It was I also was with him three years, uh, and then a little bit more with the national team. And it was just the presence of him. It was. Unbeatable, you know that doing we had the time also on my yeah. was fantastic, but the Stavik I think was uh, having more impression. Uh coaches, Claude Onesta or Jordi Rivera? Uh, Onesta it was really successful for sure having uh, and being part of a club for many years, but especially yesterday or today they put a video on YouTube, video of a game of I don't know, it was like 15 years ago, yeah. when I was playing in Galda, and he was my coach there. And <laughs> the last day or the last two days, I was just remember this time with him there, and I think I never had so much fun having playing handball as with him there in the in Galda. Mm. It was our team was incredible, good. This underdog team that you know that they are having, they have magic, but I was really happy, so I choose Jordi. Okay, <laughs> it was good. Uh, pivots, Aguinagalde or Didier Dinar? Ooh. You played with both. Didier in defense was uh, was a, a world. He was, I have never seen in the prime somebody like him. It was, he could do everything. Everything fast, strong. Julian, his prime in attack was also very, very effective. Yes. So. In attack, of, of, of course, Julian, but if, if it's in defense, I will take the game. You know, okay, good. So, um, what if you could make the rule change, would you allow two points or two goals from 30 meter shots during the, during the game, just to make it exciting? Even though 13 meter for some people is still not that far. <laughs> It could be interesting. I never think about that as a, one of the things that I will change. Probably I will change some of the rules before that. But uh, it could bring something else to the game also. Because as you say, this is not something that you can see uh, every five, every 10 minutes. It's something special that could bring something more emotion. It could be nice to test and to see if they, I like the humble, the pure humble. I will yeah. not like to 
to, uh, to forget what this humble about. And sometimes with some rules that we introduced in the last years, somehow we not lose the perspective, but somehow we lose something to play with one more player, one yeah. less player, somehow that changed the, 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 the rhythm of Hamba. Yeah. Also the change with the goalkeepers changed something. I don't know if for the better yeah. or not, but it changed something. But uh, it could be something nice to try. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about it from a perspective of risk, right? Allowing teams, players to take risks. Because think about it, if you're going fast break and you're a fast break guy, you have a choice. Do I want to go shoot from six meters, sort of like a 99% chance of a shot? Or I take the shot from 13 meters and there's a line there and maybe get two goals. And maybe you are two goals down, 30 seconds to go, and you tie it up. The, the many levels that the game can change without people trying to delay it when they're, I mean, they're doing all these rules to not allow that, but still, you can do it. Uh, this will give everyone an opportunity to bring it to another level of taking risks if they want to do it. And I think from the American perspective, it would be cool to have that uh, extra point uh, if you do something special. That will change for sure also the uh, structure of the, of the teams because if you know for something that these rules are coming, you will take for sure people with more yeah. power that yeah. could be probably playing some uh, important meets just yeah. in, uh, to be able to score somehow and that quickly change. So here with all the rules, it's also like you need to take a, a look to all the points, all the details. So it could be, as you say, for the stage, probably if you're coming in and so, it could be interesting because it's yeah. something something closer to the, to the, to the basketball yeah. game. It could be something nice. It could be nice also to, yeah. to, to test something like that. Something like that. Maybe we, we should do an exhibition game and do play with that rule, see what happens. Not a bad idea. Not a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> so if you were not involved in handball at all, what would you do? I will be involved with sport, if it's not handball, with another sport. Uh, I love... So sport is everything I did in my life. So I was playing handball, I was student, two careers, one of them is teacher, sport teacher, the other career is sport science, scientific sport. Yeah. So everything was related with sport. I cannot see my picture without sport somehow. I love business, I love the management. Uh, I'm, more, I'm more involved with these kind of things. I love talking. Uh, it was funny because years ago I was really shy and really open with the people, but shout to talk in public. I don't like to, to be talking in public. And now I love that. <laughs> now I talk a lot. But now I start with the with the GHF with the with yeah. all these lectures and conferences and so I love to communicate. So yeah. I don't know. I like also I think I'm good with the relationships and with the connections. So I will be connecting people somehow. But I think as I'm doing right now, but in another level, I'm a little bit more uh, engaged with uh, with business or something like that. Yeah. Well, like they say, with more practice, things become more perfect. So. I mean, nobody likes public speaking, but uh, for you, that is a part of your job now because you're constantly speaking to kids, to many kids, to parents, and now with the HF, uh, the only way to go is up and to get better. There's no way out of it. It's a nice experience also to be 
to have the opportunity to talk most of the time in a language which is not mother language. Uh, different languages when I have to talk also in German. So it's like, okay, it's a good opportunity to develop myself, to, to be prepared, to be focused, to be controlling all the timings. Sometimes, and many times I cannot, I cannot do that. I'm not able to do that, but I try to control. But it's like, it's like a small challenge in uh, all these things and I like it. Yeah. Well, Carlos, I know it's uh, past midnight. It's Saturday in, in, in your place. So I want to thank you for taking your time, uh, especially this late and talking and sharing these stories. And um, I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll continue doing these things more often. So do you have anything else to add or anything to say? I will not forget about your uh, invitation for going to the to the country to try to develop also the humble there. So okay. let's see what's, what kind of world we uh, we uh, discover after all this uh, pandemic. But yeah. uh, I wish you the best. Uh, I wish everybody continue playing humble there to that they are able to to uh, be touched and inspired for you guys who are doing. Uh, the best of your things there in the in every practice, and uh, I, I would love to 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 helping you somehow uh, in the in this development in this chapter of your of your life. Perfect, and thank you so much, Carlos. Take care. Have a good night. Well. Bye.